Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. It is Tuesday, the eighth of May. The season is over. Uh, maybe not quite the ending of the season that we we wanted overall, um, but I'm going to discuss some of it today. Joined once again, of course, by Jay, aka Blades Analytic. Jay, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Very well after the weekend. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I, I said a slightly disappointing end to the season. I, I wasn't referring to uh, a disappointing win at Bristol because obviously that was uh, that was very satisfying and actually ended us on a, on a slightly more positive note than maybe we've had in uh, in recent weeks. So, so that was good to see and some great goals as well. Um, so today we are going to power through our um, our player ratings for the entire squad. So um, yeah, we've we've both kind of done this separately i guess I, I don't know what ratings you've given to uh to these players you obviously don't know what i've given so it's it's going to be interesting i think to see where we um where we agree and differ um so yeah we, we've rated every player out of 10 um and yeah we're going to run through them in in position order i think uh and yeah give give some kind of uh brief thoughts on on every player how they've performed this season and uh yeah i guess uh I guess we'll see how interesting this actually is, but I'm quite looking forward to this. I don't know about you. Are you? Uh, is this something you've been uh, looking forward to doing? I am, but I don't know how controversial we're going to be. So this could <laughs> turn out quite badly for both of us. Yeah, I've, I've definitely got a few that I think um, I think people may take issue with, but we'll see. Maybe maybe people will actually be nice. So um, all right, let, let's dive straight in then. So um, just before we get to goalkeepers. Um, I haven't given a rating to five players who have played less than 90 minutes for us this season. So <clears throat> that was Jake Eastwood, the goalkeeper, uh, Regan Slater, James Hansen, Keelan Lavery, and Nathan Thomas. So uh, none of these players managed more than uh, 72 league minutes for us. I was actually surprised to see that James Hansen played 16 league minutes. I'd, I had no idea that that, I don't know when that actually happened and Oh wait, it was uh, it was in the Fulham game at home. I remember now. It came on and uh, made a, made a small contribution, I guess. So I'm just gonna. Have you got any thoughts on these these five players? I've got like very brief kind of comments. I just want to hit, and then we can move on to the the real stuff. Or have you just not considered them? Uh, I, to be honest, because I did mine heavily statistical based, they're not really <laughs> considered due to the, the lack of minutes. However, I I did write down Regan Slater, ten out of ten, just for the tackle at Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very good tackle. Even though, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been totally shocked if he got sent off for it, rightly or wrongly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my, my kind of quick thoughts on these: uh, Jake Eastwood. I thought um, I thought he was pretty unlucky to concede versus Wolves. You know, he came on when uh, when Moore got sent off and uh, had a deflected free kick go past him. I also thought he did quite well in the um, in the League Cup game against uh, Leicester City at Bramall Lane, but he ended up shipping four goals in that one as well. So. Yeah, and none of those I felt was uh, were any blame on him at all. So, yeah, nothing really worth giving a rating to there. I don't think uh, Regan Slater had a very small cameo at Preston, where I thought he looked he looked okay. He was probably better than most of our other midfield that day, although it wasn't saying a great deal to be honest. Hansen, as I mentioned, I can't actually remember um, his appearance until we started talking about it just now. Um, and yeah, I would expect him probably not to be here next season. Uh, Lavery uh, apparently started one game uh, and made two sub appearances as well, but I, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember him doing anything of note in those seventy-two total minutes. Uh, and then Nathan <laughs> Thomas obviously scored a uh, scored a great goal in the FA Cup, but um, we we barely saw him play at all. And has been uh, has been on loan, I believe. That's right, isn't it? Is he on loan? Yeah, he's, I remember. Yeah, he's on loan at Shrewsbury. I've got not very in depth, but I've got some of his numbers in there. Uh... 
they're not that great at Shrewsbury, actually. Ah, okay. All right. So those are those are the five that uh, I haven't given a rating to. So let's move on to uh, first position group, which is goalkeepers. Uh, so let, let's do these one at a time, and so you can you can pick one, and then I'll pick one. Um, and yeah, we'll run through them that way. So as, as the esteemed guest and Sheffield Star published writer that you now are, would you like? <laughs> It's a very good article, by the way. I really enjoyed reading that, um, and everyone else should go and check it out as well. Um, do you want to? Uh, do you want to pick which of our two goalkeepers you are going to give me your rating for first? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm going to start with the big man Jamal. Mm-hmm. So Jamal Blackman. Um, out of ten, I have gone straight off the bat with an eight out of ten for Jamal. I have also given Jamal Blackman eight out of ten. Do you want to give me your your logic? Yeah. So my his rating is. He's almost based in direct comparison with Moore, mm. who I think has done a steady, if not averagely good job. Mm. Um, and I, when we get to Moore in a minute, if we see Moore's mark, I, I kind of thought about it and thought, okay, so on nothing else statistically, opinion-wise, Jamal is better than Moore on this season for me. Um, therefore, he must be higher, basically. Um, mm. His shot percentage is ranks well amongst the rest of the division. Um, I'm working on XG for goalkeepers, and on my current model, Jamal ranks in the top 10 Very nice. in terms of XG saved, so he's doing okay there. And I just remember him making a lot of big saves at big moments in at games in the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, I just think he's had a very good season, and we've we've really pro- he's progressed us, and we've progressed him as well. And he's he's definitely a first team player at someone next year, hopefully us. But yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, you, you kind of hit most of the notes I made there. Um, you know, as, as well as uh, his kind of the saves that he's made, he also dominates in the air, which we've talked about as well. I think for for a large portion of the season, I felt it was kind of a toss up between uh, who was better between him and Moore. But I, I feel like he he won that, or he won me round over the sort of the last two or three months. So I just thought this actually is the better goalkeeper. Um, I mean, the, the sort of uh, the, the game against Forest at home um, where he really. It really earned as a point is one that sort of springs to mind as the most recent one. But yeah, there's been some very good saves all the way along. And yeah, I just think he's done, uh, he's been been great at kind of stopping crosses. And just, as you say, is is almost certainly a upper championship level goalkeeper next season and you know potentially into a Premier League team as well. So yeah, I've also given him eight out of 10. Uh, our other goalkeeper, Simon Moore, I imagine we probably agree on this one then based on that. I'll give him seven out of 10. Um Overall feeling is like a good season for Moore. You know, steady enough, I think, in goal. Um, I really want to call out the the save against Sheffield Wednesday uh, at Bramall Lane. Uh, I think it was Reach near the end of the game where he hit that sort of half volley from uh, from the edge of the box. And you know, if, if that goes in, if Moore doesn't make this great save, then we're we're probably feeling much more more glum about the season overall. But yeah, I thought it was a a good season from Moore. You know, a couple of misjudgments and errors. You know, you could say the the sending off at, uh, at Wolves maybe is a there's a few goals as well. Where I thought maybe he could have done slightly better at the you know one. Uh, I think it was the whole game at home where it sort of went straight in the middle of the net from long range. But overall, a, a good season. I think it's just yeah. I felt that Blackman is uh, is a mark better off. So I've gone for seven for more. Yeah, I've gone seven as well. Um, I, I you know this this is all statistical isn't it? Yeah, I've put decimal places in some of mine for point fives, but. Um, it's. Uh, I don't think he, he should be as low as a six out of a ten. If you're that, taking it that seriously, if you see what I mean, I don't mm. think he's as close to being half good. Uh, he's had a, a decent season. He's a good number one championship keeper for a mid-table team. Mm. Uh, good save percentage. 
decent distribution percentage, uh, accuracy-wise, and good claim percentage. As you say, I just feel as though, in terms of big moments, I can remember Jamal making more big saves. I definitely agree on the Wednesday one for, for more, uh, considering he was down injured as well. Yeah. Uh, in the corner, he was actually holding his ribs. So to spring up and make that dive and save, didn't just show good goalkeeping, he showed a lot of spirit as well, which is, uh, I do think he comes across as a good guy and a good team player as well. I think those two have drove each other on, actually. Mm. Um, and, and that's been really beneficial this year. It's the first time in a long time I can remember United having two goalkeepers of that high of a standard. Yeah, we're going, um, going back probably to Kelly and Tracy, I guess, unless I've missed somebody really obvious. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, would, I can't think I would of a say so, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of a duo like that. And it certainly helped, you know, each other push each other and certainly probably helped Jamal be as good as he's been in the, the last 10 to 15 games. So I think it's a deserved seven there for Simon Moore. Yeah, all right. Completely agree. All right, do you want to move? Do you want to do uh, central defenders or, or wing backs next? Because I know you said you've uh, you've split them into two categories rather than just all defenders. Yeah, if I'm reading down my, my page of, of stat sheet information, we'll go wing backs next. Go for it. So we'll go... Maybe a contentious one for Mr. Stevens, Ender Stevens. Mm-hmm. So I've gone for a 7 out of 10. Ah, okay, we're going to differ a bit here, go on. Okay. Um, so what I did, just to give a bit of a baseline, on every single one of our players who we've rated here in the, in the kind of main 11 to 13, if you will, who's been involved, uh, using the database, I've kind of narrowed down their position. So left back, left wing back for Stevens, um, who have played more than 20 games. Mm. That bought up about 17 players okay. in the database, so from all teams in the league. So then I've rated them on a, a variety of statistics, so without getting into how I've worked that, um, Ender Stevens is fourth in assists for left-backs or left-wing-backs. He's sixth in accurate crosses, which is something that's levelled at him quite often. His final ball isn't that good when, in fact, he's, he's pretty decent. Mm. Um, he's fifth in successful, successful tackles. Um, he's expected assists are the 29th highest in the league overall and the third highest in the United squad. So is that that's overall just... at the position? No, that's overall out of every single player. Wow, in the league. that is a so, very impressive statistic. Yeah, 7, 7 point, yeah, 7.1. Right. So that's, that's very good. So he's actually underperformed on his assists, which is obviously not his fault. That kind of falls into the bracket of whole argument regarding finishing from crossing. I can certainly remember, you know, a good few clear-cut opportunities from an end of Stevens cross that we fluffed our lines on. Mm. Um, so, you know, could have looked better than he actually is um, to some fans' eyes. He's, he's down points for me, uh, defensively. Um, mm. He's one of the most dribbled past left-backs in the league. Mm. I think that boils down to lack of pace. Um, and he's also one of the worst at kind of cross uh, blocking the cross or intercepting. So that kind of front foot defending that we'll get to in a minute, most of the Blaine's defenders are actually very good at. Mm. So defensively, not the best. Offensively, very good. Um, and other than that, I just think the amount of work he has gone through this year for a free transfer from Portsmouth is uh, is well worthy of a seventh in my eyes. Yeah, fair enough. You, you've, you've, uh, you're making me question my own mark now. So I, I gave Stevens a five. Um, my, my kind of notes and feelings on this. Um, I thought, yeah, going forward, very good, even if his, his top-level stats aren't superb. So, uh, you know, his, his total number of goals is just, just a single goal and he's, he's registered four assists. But, you know, as you kind of point out there, that's almost it's kind of uh, almost not his fault that he has a, a low amount of assists because his actual uh, attacking creative numbers are much better than you know, the, the final product actually says. 
Um, I guess I've marked him quite low just for being kind of defensively exposed on a couple of occasions. So, well, a couple is probably quite generous. I think I feel like he was sort of, yeah, in in a pickle and perhaps you know sort of defended quite poorly a couple of times. So, yeah, maybe maybe I'm a, being a little bit harsh there, but we we can do an average of the two at the end, and uh, that can be the podcast. No, no, <laughs> no, no, but no, yeah, no, I mean, no, I think I think I think five. I think Ben. I think a lot of the people would agree with a five. Yeah, um, I, even lower. He's actually. made errors. In, <laughs> well, possibly he's made errors in big games that have cost us goals. Yeah, and those um, are the things you tend to remember, aren't they? Rather than you know, oh, the cross that somebody should have finished, you, you don't really remember exactly. that as a fan, dear. So it's, it is interesting yeah. hearing that kind of uh, that kind of underlying stat perspective. I mean, I think the, the last point you made there is, is something I've noted down as well. And yeah, it's it's a really solid season from him, jumping up two leagues, I think. And yeah, as you say, a free transfer as well. You would hope he's going to be improving slightly, you know, next season, just based on experience. I mean, the other thing I, I do want to mention there is that he he played forty five games. I think it's forty five starts as well. So he's played almost as many minutes as um, as O'Connell, who's ever present all season. So there's a lot of miles in those legs this season, which um, you know is also in his favour as well. And uh, yeah, maybe a five is a little harsh, but I, I will stick with it all the same. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I'm going to run through one that's not going to take as long, I don't think, which is Kieran Freeman. So, yeah, hasn't played very much at all this season until this weekend. I could barely tell you anything about his season, in fact, <laughs> apart from that he got injured with uh, Carter Vickers, I think, dislocating his knee rather, rather unfortunately in that home game against Ipswich. So, um, yeah, I've given Freeman a five um, on the basis that I don't remember him doing much wrong because <laughs> he only played 10 games. But equally, I don't remember him doing too much right either, apart from that uh, excellent finish this weekend. Um, I thought he was quite, I thought he looked very off the pace in his first game back um, against uh, Preston uh, the other week, which is, is fair enough. He's been out injured for a long time. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a, a bad thing, really. Just, uh, yeah, I would go with a, with a five for Freeman. He hasn't really had the opportunity to show too much either way, I don't think. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, same. I've got him down as a five as well, just just based on the fact that he he wasn't poor, but he wasn't great before the injury. Yeah, uh, obviously only two games since he come back. Very good the other day, great goal. Something that you could argue we've missed. Um, but yeah, there's nothing else really to report on. So it's just down the middle, isn't it? Really. Yeah. All right. Next, Mr. Baldock. Yeah, go for it. I, I think this might be contentious as well. So I've gone for a six. Oh, interesting. So you, you're rating yeah. Baldock lower than Stevens. Okay, yeah. People are going to like think I know nothing about football. Right? <laughs> okay, um, go on, make the case. So I, I have, from my eyes and my own personal opinion, I think George Baldock has probably had a better season than Stevens. Mm. However, in terms of what George Baldock has done, in terms of output, I don't think he's been that good. Yeah. Um, he is so using the same kind of filters if you will uh, as I did for Stevens I found all the right backs or right wing backs that have played more than 20 games came out with about 21 players so if you, all these stats are out of 21 I'm about to reel off he's the 14th best in terms of accurate crosses per 90 mm-hmm. so that's 14 out of 21 so yeah. you, you know two, two thirds of the way down 18th best interceptions mm. so near the bottom of that He's decent at one-on-one defending because he's actually sixth in the list at being dribbled past. So not many people get past him basically in a one-on-one. Yeah. But he's 14th in assists. His expected assists are only 2.7. Mm. So 
for me, for a man who has pace uh, and in plays in our system where our wing-backs get a lot of the ball in forward areas, especially in that inside channel where Baldock has been quite a lot, um, he's not really produced the output I'd have expected. And I think that falls into a lot of, kind of debate about Baldock on Twitter against Freeman, which is Baldock has all the physical attributes, but the, the quality is, I wouldn't say seriously lacking, but it's not there at the minute. Um, and, and that's what needs the improvement. He's, he's, he's a decent defender. You know, not much is going to get past him, but at the same time, I don't think positionally or, or front foot defending is his best thing. Mm. Um, and I don't think going forwards at the minute, he provides that much, to be quite frank. So, Interesting. We we sort of agree on this, I think. So I've given, uh, I've given Baldock a seven um, in comparison to Stephen's uh, five, just for, for context. Because, um, yeah, my, my, my kind of feeling is that he's been very good, but uh, he should have more... He should have produced more for the positions that he actually gets in. You know, he has great athleticism. Uh, I mean, I've written down a genuinely good championship right wing back, which I, yeah, it's really interesting hearing those stats because I, I kind of, that's very strongly my feeling is that he is, you know, kind of stepped up and shown that he can definitely do it at this level. You know, he gets up and down the wing really well. But yeah, as you say, we would expect um, significantly more than a, a single goal and uh, a single assist going on um, who scored um, stats considering, yeah, the games he's played, the positions he gets in. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you hear the, uh, you know, the expected assist is so low. So it's, it's not like Stevens where he actually has been creating chances and they've just not ended up in the back of the net. It's, he's not even doing that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with a seven there, I think. But, yeah, I actually felt that a seven was, was going to be kind of low. I thought you might be going for a, an eight or something. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, oh no. Opinion, this is it. I, I, so I, I'm trying to provide, I guess, a different perspective by just mm. looking at stats. Um, I've added my opinion on, on some of it, but just to give an alternative view, basically, because every other fan out there is going to be looking at this just with their own eyes. On my own eyes, Bulldog's a seven or an eight, quite yeah. comfortably. Uh, I think he's quite integral to the way we play, and Freeman's going to have a huge challenge next year if we carry on with the current shape to challenge Bulldog. But when you look at those numbers, if Freeman had played the same amount of games, I'd be expecting Freeman to be a lot better on the attacking numbers. So... Depends what you want from your wing back, doesn't it? I guess. Mm. Yes, indeed. All right, next one. Um, and, and I don't know whether you can call him a wing back because he seems to have played in midfield more this season. But Daniel Lafferty, who has played, uh, well, he's made eight appearances, played almost 200 minutes. Um, I gave him a four out of 10. Uh, you know, he was, he was kind of played out of position a lot. Uh, I actually would have quite liked to have seen him um, basically compete more with Stevens, I think, because I thought he was pretty decent last year. Um, I think he did sort of okay. I mean, there's one game in particular, which I think was the Leeds home game. It was either that or the QPR home game where he came on and uh, and really helped to shut the game down. I think it might have been QPR, actually, where they were, they were getting a lot of joy down the right. And he sort of came on as it a was. second second wing back almost. And uh, yeah, did, did a job, basically. So yeah, maybe a four is, is slightly low, but I don't know. He, he, didn't really, he didn't really offer anything in most of the other times he was on the pitch, albeit not very long at all. How did you see that one? Yeah, I've gone for last as a four, although I kind of I thought about it in the same way you just explained it and kind of thought he probably deserves a five for the fact that he's been played out of position. Mm. It's not like he's most, even though he played wing-back for his last year and was good, it's, it's not like he's the most attacking of wing-backs. No. You know, he, he is what I would call a left-back. Um, yes. You know, pro- proper full-back, does his defending first, can put in a decent ball at times, but he's never going to beat a man or anything. So I kind of felt harsh that he's been shoved onto the left mid and it was quite often tactical so he's just has to go and track a runner basically and shut them down which you know is, is what he does but at the same time how is he supposed to be a good doing that yeah um 
So I do, I do kind of feel sorry for him, but I think Lafferty is one of the ones that, yeah, without getting into that whole issue, um, if if there is a budget this year, um, Stevens does need competition so that mm. he does improve um, or someone can come and take his place. Uh, not a priority, you know, not in the top three, but Lafferty is probably the one of the ones that could be looking to leave if we do manage to get someone in that position. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, uh, unless I've missed a, a wing back that takes us on to central defenders, uh, where would you like to start? Yep. Uh, we'll start with Bauer. Go for it. So I've gone for Bauer as a 7 out of 10. Uh, okay. Go on. So I, I think Bash could well be an 8 um, quite comfortably in some people's eyes. Um, there's, there's a couple of reasons why I think he might not be. Uh, it's kind of related maybe to kind of Ender Stevens type thing. But hmm. some interesting stats on Bash. So he is the best defender in the league uh, at dribbling. Mm-hmm. So he has first in successful dribbles per 90. Other kind of good defensive stats that I think highlight the type of player that Bash is, is he's the third highest successful tackler per 90. He's also got the fifth highest interceptions uh, per 90 as well. This is out of centre-backs who've played more than 20 games. So it it brought up a list of about 58 players. Yeah. So, you know, again, front foot defending, which I think when you think of Chris, Chris Basham in our kind of system, that's what I think of. I think of balls getting played into wingers or strikers and Bash is there first, he either hits them with a big tackle or he nicks the ball and he drives on. Yeah. Um, I think that's what he's excellent at. He's also ninth best in the league, crosses blocked, which, you know, our, our wide centre-halves are going to go in that full-back position. So it's good to see that he's trying to block crosses as well. Mm. Um, where he's not so good, he's bottom of the list in terms of being dribbled past. Yeah. Which... I think makes sense. Uh, again, and it falls into Bash being kind of front foot defending, and he, sometimes he finds himself out of position. Um, yeah. And he isn't, isn't going to be the paciest or the most agile. So if he gets turned, he's done. Mm. Um, also, for a big man, he, he's forty second in the league out of fifty eight in aerial wins. Okay, which is not good. So <laughs> definitely not considering that. I think one thing that became kind of uh, apparent, you know, very indicative of our season in the last ten to twelve games was we just seemed to get dominated sometimes, you know, from, from direct teams. Yeah. We'd get pushed back and then we, we'd either win the first ball but not win the second or, or not win either. And that big commanding centre-half is lacking mm. um, when that happens to us. And I think, obviously, that those stats there don't really help Bash. Um, and I can also think of just one or two times where he has made some defensive errors that have led to goals. Although, I can also think of one or two times where he's been the best player on the pitch. So, perhaps a seven could be slightly low in some people's eyes. Yeah, I've, so I've I've gone for an eight for Basham, uh, and I actually felt it could potentially be a touch higher. Like, uh, if I was doing decimal places, I would have given him eight and a half, maybe. But don't like decimal places, whole numbers only. <laughs> Get off the fence. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the other thing to sort of lob into how well he's played is uh, he did play out of position. Another one that played out of position for a stretch this season as well. He filled in at, um, at right wing back for a while while um, while Baldock and uh, and Freeman were out. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, I, I can't believe how well he's done this season. I, I don't know whether you deserve uh, you know, extra credit for vastly exceeding my expectations. But, you know, if you told me, uh, what was it, three seasons ago, maybe when um, when Basham joined us, that he'd be sort of starring in, uh, in a three man defense in the championship, um, I, I would have thought you were just. <laughs> he's just been on the beers basically and uh yeah i think he's been uh he's been excellent he's been a fan favorite kind of player um but yeah at the yeah. same time there have been a couple of lapses and i i do think that it is you know probably the one center half slot that we do try and upgrade this season as well so 
Yeah, that may be a bit seem a bit harsh to oh, some really? people, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I can't see. Uh, well, we can move on to the other two in a moment, but yeah, I just think that. Uh, well, I think we will definitely need another central defender, and if we're going to sign someone, it should probably be someone who can start. And uh, yeah, uh, that could be the slot that uh, sees Basham miss out. I think. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, maybe we can debate that in more detail another time because I know we're we're quite short on time today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so who else we got here? So. Richard Stearman, uh, I've given him a 7 out of 10. Um, another sort of player that the fans seemed quite sort of bizarrely slow to take to. I'm, I don't know quite why that was. Um, but I think he's been excellent. Like, just I mean, I don't have the underlying stats to hand, but you know, from, from what I've seen of him this season, he, he looks a, a very good signing, you know, comfortable at, at championship level. And I think we'd have really struggled if he'd not come back into the side over, um, over kind of Christmas and... Uh, into January and February. Um, you know, it's a kind of a shame that injuries limited him to just 28 games in the end. But yeah, to, to me, he looks a, a very solid championship defender and uh, yeah, very, very good signing, I think. Yeah, I've gone seven. Um, although it did fluctuate between six and seven. Mm. Um, I, I kind of thump for seven more for not with stats because uh, I don't think Stearman's about stats, if I'm honest. Mm. I think it's more his, his communication, his positioning, his kind of experience. Um, He's decent on the ball as well. I just think he's a, he's a steady, like you say, steady championship centre half. He's been around the league. He seems to know his limitations and know what to do as well um, mm. to mask his limitations in terms of his pace. Um, he does often look like he could be playing with either an injury or knows he's around the corner from an injury. Yeah, um, you know, and it never really extends himself. Big, big challenges aren't there, and maybe that's why Blades fans sometimes don't kind of engage that love with him as we do with Bash. Um, <laughs> stats wise. It's not that good, actually. Um, again, it, it's out of the same kind of 58 players, so just rattling through some 54th in successful tackles. Mm. Uh, tackles, I, I don't like tackles as a stat. Um, I don't think no kind of performance analyst does or anything like that because it's based on how many times you're in position to tackle. And good defenders might not need to tackle. Yeah. Um, so I think that's some steaming up as well. He's kind of a, a more of a, a thinking defender. He might shield people out. His communication, dragging Bash and JOC around. Um, so I think I think seven's fair, but I do think some of the numbers again need to improve on. He's 50th in aerial wins out of 58. Mm. He's he's supposed to be the, the three at the centre half for me that that does would do those you know does do those wins when the ball's getting ploughed into the box. Mm. He's 44th in interceptions. Um, he's very good at blocking shots, so positionally he's clearly good. But I think maybe some of the more physical attributes he does lack on him. And for me, if we were to buy a centre half this year, and we did have some some cash to get a decent one, that would actually be the position I'd want to improve on. Mm, interesting. Centre of the three. Yeah, well, it's interesting. The two central defenders we've named so far are both fairly below average on uh, on winning headers, essentially. <laughs> and uh, as you say, that has kind of led to us being uh, being pinned in. But I didn't, I didn't realise that uh, both him and Basham, so two-thirds of our defence were so, uh, so kind of weak in that one specific aspect. Yeah, yeah but then we get to the Brit map. Yeah. Go on then. Jack, Jack O'Connell, who I've given a 9 out of a 10 to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my 9 for JOC is A, based on the fact that I think he's probably the, the best defender I've seen at the lane in a long time. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, I genuinely do think so. Uh, how how far back are you going? Oh, my long years now. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen genuinely many better. If I think of a modern-day defender, yeah. I don't think there's many better than Jack O'Connell. Uh, 
you know, especially since the millennium upwards. Yeah, I guess there's like someone who can actually get forward and play the ball around as well. I mean, I suppose Maguire. A direct comparison with Maguire would be interesting, actually. It would, actually. It's something I might look at doing that. Because I, yeah. I think for a Sheffield United shirt, I, I could hockey Jack O'Connell may be better. I think... I, I, well, I mean, you know, we only saw Maguire in League One, didn't we? I mean, you know, I'm certainly not saying uh, O'Connell is better than Maguire right now because that's, no, no, no. that's clearly false. But, um, yeah, in terms of just performances in seeing performances in United shirt, then, yeah, I think that's a fair shout. I mean, the other thing to remember, O'Connell, is only 24 as well. This, I, oh, this is it. If, if, if things go sour this year and Jack O'Connell moves, you know, from United or, or we get promoted next year or something crazy happens, we're in the Premier League. This this guy, soon, his stock soon rises just as Maguire's did at Hull. Yeah, I think um, so. Because the way he plays, he's a Premier League player. Yeah. You know, some of the stats, yes, he plays on the, the left-hand side of a three, so naturally he, he has some wide kind of stats that fall in there that other centre-halves wouldn't, but he's sixth best in the league at interceptions. So if you want a front-foot defender, you've got a man who does that. He's the sixth best at but blocking crosses. He's the ninth best at winning the ball in the air in terms of aerial jewels. Mm. Um, he's got the, 11, the 11th best short passes per game 30, in terms of accuracy. 36th best at long passes per game, which doesn't sound that good, but it's about halfway up the list. Yeah, um, he, He's in the top 10 for not being dribbled past. Four assists as well. Yeah, They're all genuinely from being wide and crossing. The only real mark for me that you can give against Jack this year is the fact he hasn't scored. Yeah. Uh, so I've also given him 9 out of 10, and that, that is my one, well, maybe two things that uh, just knocked him down a lot. There's a, there are a couple of mistakes that led directly to goals, which is, you know, that's it happens to defenders, you know, nobody's flawless. Uh, so Millwall away was one that sprang to mind, and Leeds at home as well, he's caught out of position, kind of dribbling into blind alleys both times. Um, but yeah, but he really should have scored a few goals, and it's not like, it's not like we're saying, oh, you know, from long range, the shots that he's had, you know, he's got it the target at least one, two. He missed some absolute sitters towards the start of the season or, you know, should have buried them and the keepers ended up saving it, that kind of thing. But, yeah, I think nine out of ten, I mean, uh, he's been he's been ever-present. He's played every single minute, I believe, which um, uh, I think I saw th- I think I saw this on the uh, S24SU forum. Um, so shout-out to Silent Blade on there. But I think it's the first time since Phil Jagielka that we've had somebody play every single minute of the season, which is... A hell of an achievement, and and yeah, I've also noted down. Uh, he, he looks Premier League quality defensively. I think he's a, a fantastic player, um, and yeah, nine out of ten is uh, richly deserved. I think. Um, go on, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to add. I've just just looked up his expected goals just to see, so that would incorporate all the corners that is a sore subject for every United fan. <laughs> and he's four four point one, so he's, you know by, by that metric, he he should have scored around about four goals. Yeah. Which, yeah, that, that's one of them where he could have scored two, could have scored six, but you know the fact he scored zero is like, what the hell happened, Jack? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, a quick mention for Cameron Carter Vickers, who played, made seventeen appearances for us actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, on loan from Spurs. Um, I don't know. I feel maybe this one's a little harsh as well, but I give him a four out of ten. Um, oh. Ah. I thought he looked decent for a while. I thought he was really good on the ball um, from right centre-back. Uh, so, you know, the, he registered a couple of assists and he got a goal as well. But I'm, I'm thinking about um, when we played Wolves at home, he played a brilliant through ball, which uh, resulted in Cody being sent off. He, you know, he, he got forward really well down the right-hand side. Um, I think it was the whole game at home where he was a huge factor in our sort of 
second half charge, kind of bombing on and um, getting getting balls into the box. Um, but he was also, and I don't know if this is fair, but he was also very disaster prone. <laughs> you know the yeah the, the yeah, mix up um, at QPR, which led to the goal and Blackman going off injured. Um, I mentioned already he absolutely totaled Freeman in that Ipswich game, and you know <laughs> obviously he didn't mean to do this, and it's it's probably entirely unfair to say this, but you know that's something I think that counts against him. And then uh, he was um, he had an absolute shocker against Fulham at home as well, where he essentially gifted them an equaliser um, and was also kind of caught out for uh, for the goal that they scored to go ahead at 2-1, I think, as well. And, you know, without those two two gifts, or that certainly the first gift, maybe that game would have turned out differently. And, you know, the, the narrative of, oh, we can't play without Coots would at least have been postponed for a, a few more weeks. So, yeah, I've gone for a four. I have, I have no... I think the thing is, I have no... Or I won't be surprised if uh, if he turns into a Premier League calibre starter at all. Um, and so I feel a little bit harsh with that. But yeah, I think based on appearances for us, that's where I'm going. Yeah, no, I, I don't actually have a problem with four. Um, I, I give him a five. He, he, dropped, he dropped clangers, but I think you have to appreciate the stage of the career that we, we took him at. Yeah, he's 20 he years old for anybody still wondering. Yeah, learning, even though he doesn't look like it. Learning, <laughs> you know, learning the game and, and centre-halves don't really peak until 28, 29 anyway, generally. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, he's definitely got a clanger in him, but there is a, a physically good defender there. Um, so if he learns the game, he could be a player. Yeah. Um, I gave him five, so not, not too dissimilar from yourself, mate. Yeah, I, li- I liked him a lot. He just uh, seemed to do these really unfortunate things. <laughs> I think it left his heart being knocked down. Um, all right, next one. Go for it. In fact, we have we have one uh, central defender left. Yeah, we do, Mister Mister Wright, Mister mm. Win, Mister Win every game or nearly. Yeah, just play um, Jake Wright and we win every game. That, that is the theory, Ben. That is the fan <laughs> theory. Jake Wright must play because we win when he plays. Um, so I gave Jake Wright a seven. Oh, okay, um, wow. I, I think it could be six. Mm. Uh, Stats wise, I've not wrote them down in front of me. I just had a look at them as a kind of comparison to Stearman. Um, nothing shouts out at me that Jake Wright is stats-wise an exceptionally good defender uh, or is integral to our defensive system. Mm. However, I've kind of used a bit of uh, background here with Jake Wright and considering the level of where he's come from, never played at this level in his age as well, so he's not really you know, the most adaptable if you think of O'Connell and Bulldog being younger. Um, I, I think he's had a steady season. Um, certainly an upgrade is needed in the summer in this centre-half position, whether that's someone to back up Stearman or, or to even overtake him. But I, I think he's done all right as the elder statesman of the team. And I think he's probably, the qualities that Jake has aren't statistical, the, the communication, the leadership, that kind of teamwork ethic that he brings to the side. I, I don't think you can actually put numbers against that. So, hmm. Fair enough. I've given him, uh, for largely the same reasons, but I've given him five out of ten instead. I felt a bit mixed, I guess. I thought he was really good at the start of the season, but then, uh, then kind of looked exposed in the second half of the season a few times. And, you know, it made me feel that we were missing Stearman um, during those games when he was out injured. Um, I don't know. I, I thought Championship probably a league too far um, for him at this stage of his career. Although, yeah. you know, he's not exactly been a disaster. You know, he's, he's been fine. Like, like you say, steady. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think a five out of ten for me. So, uh, OK, moving on to midfielders then. Uh, where to start here? Well, I'll start with Lee Evans, the uh, potentially another controversial choice i guess or, or uh we'll see how the rating pans out um but i'm going to six out of ten um 
I feel like you and I like him more than a lot of fans do. <laughs> and uh, and he, he seems to have that same kind of distrust about him, or rather the fans seem to have that same distrust about him that uh, that Lundstrom did, and, and I guess plenty of other new signings have as well. Um, but to me, he looks like a player with uh, a lot of potential. Uh, he's had some bad games, but some excellent ones as well. And uh, I mean, you, you've got to give credit for those two fantastic goals against Borough as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's... He's come in and done a uh, a solid enough job. I think there's there's a lot more to come from him, certainly. Um, but yeah, I think a, a solid, steady six out of ten for me. Yeah, I give him the same. Um, very, pretty much the same reasons. I think there's a, a very good player there. Um, very neat and tidy. Without going too in depth, his, his passing stats per ninety are in the top twenty for both short and long passes in terms of accuracy. Um, I, I'm yet to see. I guess what style of player he is. I, I get that he's neat and tidy and he's got a good range of passing in that kind of, you know, quotation marks, quarterback role, if you will. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm yet to see what he brings. He doesn't, yeah, he scored two great goals and he, he clearly does bring long range shooting, which is something we didn't have previous. Because mm. um, he, he's better at that than, than Coots, for example, who played that deeper role. But he's not that good defensively. So interceptions and tackles per 90, he's nowhere near the top 20. Mm. Uh, doesn't, doesn't really assist or, or have key pass stats that are that high. Um, so, I, you know, I'm yet to see what he brings to the team as a style, what's his main function. But he's very neat and tidy. He keeps the ball really well and he has got a good range that if he does kind of improve his killer ball from deep, then he could certainly be a very good player. Yeah. But uh, I think a steady six is fine. You know, definitely a good signing for me. Um, nothing more than that at this stage, but definitely nothing less. Yeah. Solid championship midfielder, I think. Um, and yeah, still at, yeah. That, still at that age where he's 23, so uh, a lot of potential to improve as well. All right, who, who, yeah. who, who do you want to go next? If we go uh, Cootsie. Do it. So I gave Cootsie an 8 out of 10 mm-hmm. uh, for the games that he's had. Um, basically, could have been a 9 considering how bad we've been since he's been injured. Not saying that is the reason, but just on <laughs> stats alone, on form and wins alone, you know, it. Since Coots got injured, it's, there's been a clear uh, differential. Mm. Uh, Stats-wise, so if you you know include just just down to 18 games played or more uh, for all centre mids in the league, Coots is fourth in terms of pass accuracy for short kind of passes. Mm. He's 18th for long passes. Uh, his interceptions, he's 16th. So you know he, he really does have good stats for that deep lying role. Uh, very accurate, mm. also very good at. Penetrative passing, lots of forward passes within those stats, and very good at winning the ball back as well in terms of recoveries. So, yeah, you know, you know not the most physically combative player, but extremely good on the ball, uh, extremely good at penetrating and setting things up, and, and also good at winning it back. So, I think Coots was a big miss, and fingers crossed that he comes back fully fit and firing next year because that's like having a, a you know a three four million pound new sign in the middle of the park. Well, and then some if he comes back at the level he's played this season. I think, um, yeah, I also yeah. give him an eight. Uh, it's kind of the ultimate what could have been. I think you know. I, I try and uh, I try and avoid mythologizing Coots and his his injury absence, but he was playing at such a high level before that injury was hit. I mean, you know, the the one that really sticks in my head is um, the game against Reading at home, where he just dominated the entire game. He scored a fantastic goal as well, which um, is is a rare thing to see from him. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think if he'd played it. So he played 16 games. I think if he played at that level the entire season, it would be a 10 out of 10. And, you know, obviously it's not his fault he got injured, but I kind of took that into account when comparing him to other players, I guess, you know, the fact that it was a smaller sample size. 
I mean, you know, he did just get the one goal in that period and no assists either. But, um, you know, as you kind of said, he, he plays a, a deeper role and he's kind of the man who's playing the, the pass before the pass before the goal most of the time. And yeah. Oh. You say that, interestingly. So Coots and Fleck, um, I don't have their like secondary assists, we call it. So Strata, um, who I kind of get my data from, they label the pass before the pass or the movement before the pass as a secondary assist. Mm. So this incorporates dribbles, passes, kind of flick-ons, things like that that happen before a direct pass because obviously those stats aren't recorded. Yeah. So I, I, I have those and Coots and Fleck are very high per 90. Very high. I love it when stats um, back up my preconceptions. It's always good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, stats, then uh, damn lies and stats and, and whatnot. Maybe not in this case because it, it does point to Paul Coots being a, an exceptionally build-up player because that's in essence what secondary assist is. It, it's counting the, the build-up value of each player. So. Yeah, definitely. All right, next one. Uh, John Lundstrom, uh, which is a good segue, I guess, from Coots. Um, I've given him a six out of ten as well, so the same as Evans. Uh, it, it was very big shoes to fill because uh, he essentially was, you know, the replacement when Coots got injured. Uh, I think he was kind of unfairly criticised and compared off the back of that. Um, you know, I, th- I think he looks classy on the ball. He has a great passing range. He's he's two footed. Uh, Again, he's pretty young, twenty four, so plenty of potential. Um, he also scored as many goals as any of our other midfielders, I think, uh, and also yep. as, as Brooks as well. Um, and yeah, I think he's uh, you know a player that kind of got better every time I saw him. Really, and I, I thought some of the kind of um, criticism he got at the start of the season, or rather in those that you know the time he came into the team was was kind of unwarranted. And yeah, we saw a, a an actual you know solid Championship midfielder develop with with potential to be even better next season. I think. I agree completely. I've gone seven out of ten yeah. for Lundstrom. Um, some people, again, are going to think, I don't know what I'm on about with football. Um, <laughs> but I think people thinking that he should be a four or five out of ten or maybe even lower are comparing him A to Paul Coots and B to Paul Coots's position. Mm. I noticed quite early on, and I'm sure a lot of other people did, that's not what John Lundstrom is and that's not his style of play. Yeah. Uh, whether he was asked to do that uh, and he couldn't do it as well as Coots, that's, there's no shame in that. Coots is better than most in the division yeah. at that, but I think his stats show what kind of player Lundstrom is. It, it, it's, a, it's a late runner into the box, basically. Yeah. Um, great passing range, but he's someone who joins the attack. So, as you quite rightly said, scored the same amount of goals as most of our midfield. If you take kind of all the centre midfielders, that's about 114. We played more than 20 games, 15 games, sorry, also. John Lundstrom sits 18th in goals per 90 minutes, mm. which I think is decent. He's in the top 20. Yeah, he's also in the top. He's in the top 10 for assists per 90 minutes. Mm. He's in the top 20 for accurate passing in terms of per, per game for both short and long passing. His, ex, his XG was 2.7, so he's hit his XG slightly above. His expected assists were two, so he's hit that. Yeah, I, I, think, he's an, I think he's an attacking midfielder, quite frankly. Of the three, you know, the, the one of the three who have joined the attack. Yeah. Um, and I think he's given the freedom to do that next year. We're going to see a seriously good player. Yeah, I think... You know, it sometimes feels like he's sort of carrying a bit of weight or maybe not that athletic, but, you know, he is also someone who does get up and down the pitch, as you say. I mean, those the three goals that he scored from memory, they're all kind of, um, they're all sort of him arriving in the box and finishing off like a pullback or, yeah. a, you know, a cross or something like that. So, yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think he has a lot of, uh, a lot of room to kind of grow and develop next season as well. And, yeah, probably will be starting for us unless we, um, yeah, are bringing in someone else who's even better 
But yeah. Um, all right. Uh, your turn. Who do you fancy going with next? In fact, we've got two midfielders left. John Fleck. Yep. Um, nine out of ten, but I was so close to ten. Go um, on. The only reason it's not ten out of ten is because for me, Fleck was good, but not amazing in the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, uh, his second half of the season has been a, a twenty out of ten, basically. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm doing it I'm, without plugging myself. I'm doing a bit of a written piece on, on this exact thing in the season review with a bit more kind of words behind the stats um, and a bit more comparison-wise. And one thing I'm going to do with Fleck is compare his uh, second half of the season stats to to others mm. of the same position because I have a feeling Fleck's coming out on top of a lot of categories. Yeah. Um, so assist per 90, John Fleck sixth in the league from the central midfielders nice. uh, group. So again, about 114 players. Um, you know, seven assists. That's not bad from central midfield, is it? Yeah, um, is, that, is that making our most... Create, oh, I see. Uh, I've got a couple more. Oh, one one player has uh, outdone him on assists, who we'll come on to in a bit. But um, yeah, go on. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. No, but you're quite right. Second most. Yeah. Um, and that's the exact same for his expected assists. So he's, he's 7.89. So just about the same in the expected assists. That's actually 17th in the league overall. So out of every single player in every position. Wow. So again, from central midfield, this is a very creative player. Key passes per 90. So key pass for those who are wondering is basically an, a pass that sets up an attack so it could be a through ball direct to a goal it could be a, a pass down the sides that sets up something in the middle he's in the top 20 he's 19th for key passes per 90 from all the central midfielders nice um, he's just someone who's ex- exceptional um, and he's integral to the way we play yeah uh, he's, dri- he's dribbles actually as well he's in the top 10 for successful dribbles out of all the central midfielders as well so those kind of driving runs we saw at the weekend yeah where he uh you skipped past two players and then just played a beautiful chip ball in. It was yeah, very well was, finished, but that um, was an excellent you know, play by him. It was, it, and it was just, it was just, you know, it was flex stamp. That, that's yeah. what flex does. Uh, uh, and he's an outstanding player who could quite easily play in the Premier League. And how he doesn't play for Scotland as a travel. <laughs> that is truly bizarre, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I'm uh, in complete agreement. I've also gone nine out of ten. Uh, he's been an outstanding midfielder, uh, probably our most consistent player after O'Connell and Basham, maybe. Not sure, I haven't really thought about that yeah. too much. But um, yeah, obviously yeah. scoring against Wednesday always always goes down well in my book. Um, I guess the only the only reason it's not a 10 for me is that I feel like he, he should have scored more given you know how he, he can get forward and you know the shooting opportunities he sometimes finds himself in. So... Uh, just just the two goals is slightly surprising. And what's his what was his XG over the season? Do you have that? I was just about to have, have an argument with you and give you a caveat that his XG is three point three. Okay, so it's so, about right actually. So yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think he's been often in. I mean, second half of the season certainly better. He's arrived in the box more. Mm. But I don't think it's his game to be a arriving on on the end of something or b be that kind of edge of the box player. Yeah. Um, you know, Evans is there now for the long-range type of shooting, and as we've, we've already discussed, Lundstrom's kind of the arrival in the box, man. I think if Flex scores, it's often because he's carried it there. Yeah. Um, or, or he's been part of the build-up play, if you will. Um, he, he's the creative force. He's the driving force from midfield. Mm. Um, so, you know, with that caveat in, he's, he's probably exactly where he should be. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I, I have him down as an outstanding midfielder. Uh, I thought he was he was off the boil a little bit immediately after the Coots injuries. We're kind of regrouping and sort of figuring out maybe how to how to play again almost. Um, but his his second half of the season has been unbelievable. I think just an absolute pleasure to watch. A, a, a 
truly very, very good championship midfielder. Uh, picks up a lot of yellow cards. Uh, and, you know, there was that daft red card against uh, Bristol City as well. Uh, maybe daft's a little harsh, but, you know, untimely red card in a game that we were dominating at that point. So it's a slight concern, but I think no big deal for the, the position that he plays, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, yeah, 9 out of 10 for John Fleck as well. Um, and then the other central midfielder, uh, Ryan Leonard, um, I've given a 4 2. Um, I haven't really seen anything to justify how long we've chased this guy or reportedly chased him. Um, although I, I will caveat that he's only played, um, I think, 489 minutes I've got here. Um, for me, he's actually looked better in uh, in that right centre-back position than in midfield. Uh, so I'm not sure what that actually says about him as a, as a championship-level player. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't really seen much good from Leonard in the admittedly limited time that we've seen from him. Uh, I don't know if you have any counter to that or if you think that's about right. No, I went four, but to be honest, I could I was I was very close to going three. Yeah. Um I think, I and think maybe, similar actually. I, I, genuinely maybe even lower. Um it, you know, yeah, tiny sample size, but going on the t- sample size is hard. I don't see a championship midfielder. This is not an attack on Leonard. I hope mm. he proves me wrong. Um just watching his not even stats, just watching his style at I don't think he's going to impact games creatively because I don't think his range of passing nor vision is that good. Yeah. Um, which means he's a defensive midfielder. Okay, maybe a physical defensive midfielder, which we don't have. So I'd be, I'd be love it if he could play that role. That kind of, you know, never as good, but that kind of can say, you know, someone who's going to chase and harass the ball down and win it back and mm. give it to the better players. But I don't, I don't see that either. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I don't see him involved in the game really. The, the most, kind of best thing I've seen him do so far was Brentford away, um, where he, he kind of. When the pressure was on, he kind of won the ball and then kind of got his body in the way and drew fouls, which took the pressure off. Um, yeah, uh, kind of the best things I've seen him do. I, I just don't see a, a championship midfielder there. So yeah. let's hope uh, we're wrong on that one. Well, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, for, for me, the jury's kind of still out on him a little bit just because of those the amount of games. But by the same token, I just I just haven't seen anything yet that makes me think, oh, this guy's got, this guy's got something about him, which which I definitely did think from Evans and Lundstrom by now, if you like, by yes. this stage of their United career when they played this amount of games. Um, so, yeah, gone for a, a four out of ten there. So that, that covers off our midfield, I believe, or the central midfield anyway. Um, and then we've split out attacking yeah. midfielders into a separate category. So do you want to lead us off there? Yeah, so uh, Mark Duffy, mm-hmm. the bounce killer. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the, the bounce killer should have got ten just for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did wonder but... about just because, and it's not his fault, I think, really, just because age and his legs, I've given him a 9 out of 10. Okay, um, we're, we're going to differ quite a bit on this one, but go on. Actually, do you, um, yeah, oh, no, no, go on, actually. Yeah, go ahead. No, go on. Go, I want to well, know your score now. No, I was going to say, maybe maybe if I give you mine, because it's significantly different, and then you can you can tell me why I'm wrong <laughs> with your argument. So I've given it 7 out of 10, which does feel harsh, but so there's been some highlight real performances, obviously, uh, you know, the game against Wednesday. Um, and, you know, he's by far our most technically skilled player. I love watching him. He's He's been probably the one player I've enjoyed watching the most the last couple of years. And, you know, well, you can say probably going back the last 15 or 20 years, I, I just love watching him play for us. He's fantastic. But I've graded him slightly lower um, because he, he does completely fade after about 60 or 70 minutes of any game. And he usually gets subbed off by that point. And uh, I do think that is something to bear in mind. I mean, he is 32 and, you know, this, he has put a, 
you know, played a lot of games last season uh, and, and started quite a lot of games this season as well. But yeah, I, I have to uh, knock him down a little bit just because of that, just because we only get two thirds of a game from him, basically. But yeah, he gave us the season's abiding memory. Uh, he's a fantastic player and I'm, I'm forever going to be grateful for uh, yeah, his goal against Wednesday. But go on, tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, I just, for me, he, he's just he's bloody key to the way we play. Um, yeah. And I think without him, for, even though I have enjoyed sometimes seeing the three in midfield because it has given me a chance to see Lundstrom in a different way, um, it has given Leonard some minutes, but I just think we're a much better team with him in the team. Key passes per 90, 14th in the league overall, uh, 7th in the league at assists per 90 over his positions, mm. 10th in the league overall with 9 assists. Uh, expected assists were actually 8, so alright, someone's finished slightly better off a couple. The only thing for me you can level at him is, does he score enough? No. Um, but then, his expected goals is only 2.9 and he scored 3. Yeah. So, it's where he should be. Again, I, I just don't... He's not, he's not in goal-scoring positions. He's normally on the edge of the box, in a channel, kind of inside, left or right, popping those little balls, you know, little crosses over the top or the little balls down the side. Um, he's dribbles per 90s in the top 20 in the league, accurate crosses per 90s in the top 20 in the league. He was a free transfer from Burton Albion. Yeah. Uh, from Birmingham, sorry, after, after being on loan at Burton Albion in League One. I'm, he's 32. He has no right to perform as he's done. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just I cannot... You know your opinion is obviously valid. You're an extremely educated man, but for me, I could never, far. I couldn't never drop him below an eight out of ten. That's fair. I, I certainly don't disagree with uh, with any of that. Um, yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm purely sort of knocking him down just on those uh, the the usage, I guess, that we can get out of him at this stage of his career. But um, I mean, I guess the one tiny counterpoint is there was a spell. Um, I think it was the the games over Easter. So what was it? It was Brentford. Cardiff and then there was another game as well where Duffy didn't play and we created a shed load of chances um, and we were probably yeah. as creative as we've been all season really or at least as creative as we were at the start of the season we just didn't finish the bloody things but um, yeah certainly uh, you know his, his numbers are very impressive I mean there's nine assists from you know just 28 starts is is impressive and yeah all the other stats you've mentioned are also very impressive as well so I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with your nine certainly Um all right, and then uh, moving on to, uh, have you listed uh, Brooks as a as a striker or an attacking midfielder? I put him in attacking mid, but okay. he, he could have fell in either. But I think attacking mid because even when he played up front, it was more of a support striker role. So his passing yeah. stats are quite good. So. Fair enough. So um, yeah, I've got him as an attacking midfielder, and maybe this is going to cause some controversy. I've gone with I've gone with six out of ten for Brooks. Is 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 that in line with yours or? Uh, Way off. Um, my silence is deafening on that one. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me... I, I will allow the defence to rest his case. Yeah, thank you. So I think there's been, uh, you know, more than flashes of brilliance from Brooks, um, but mixed with some, some quite mediocre stuff, I think. You know, he's still very raw. Uh, he's got a lot of skill. He's a great finisher. Um, and I think he could become something very special, but I do also think there's quite a lot of work to be done. You know, there's, there's games where he's come on and just either tried to do too much or just run into blind alleys or just not being able to affect the game whatsoever. And, you know, I certainly would take into account the fact he was, um, he had this illness that he was dealing with for, you know, several months that I would imagine meant he could do no training whatsoever because it sounds like a very unpleasant illness indeed. So I do take that into account, I think. And yeah, I feel like this is, 
yeah, probably a bit harsh. But I was kind of thinking, you know, if I'm going with Duffy as seven, uh, I can't put Brooks on that same platform. But yeah, there's a, a player that could be turning something very special, like I say. But go on, give me the give me the counter argument. <laughs> no, no, no. I can kind of see what you're doing. So if, you, if Duffy is your scale, then yes, I, I can see Brooks must be lower. Mm. Um, Brooks as a seven could have been an eight for me. Okay. Um, so we're not that no, different. There is a, no, not that different. But I, I was leaning towards eight, but there was just one stat that I saw that kind of it, it is youthful exuberance, shall we say, but it does link to what you say, which is he is one of the most dispossessed players per 90 in the mm. league. Um, so that run, that goes with what exactly what you said there, mate. Running down blind alleyways sometimes. Sometimes, you know, maybe the, the fact that he's quite a slight frame, which I know a lot of United fans throw at him, you know, doesn't have the strength to shield or hold off the ball. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I could quite easily put him in at A just for the nutmeg on Jack Hunt away at Hillsborough, <laughs> um, which is the best nutmeg I've seen in football live on television. Yeah, and watched um, watched many, many times on uh, YouTube and in GIF format as well. Oh, just amazing. Just the, the audacity to even do it at that point was incredible. Yeah. But other stats such as, again, so that all these stats, when we're saying per 90, just to give a bit of context, this is based on the amount of... 90 minutes that each player's played, so it gives you a good comparison. It doesn't yeah. matter if someone's played 46 games or 20 games, the, the, the stats will level out as the same at per 90. So per 90, key passes, David Brooks is 12th in the league overall. Um, assist per 90, he's 8th in the league overall, with obviously 4. Um, goals, you know, 3, which from his appearances, pretty decent. Uh, his expected goals was 2.2, so he's, you know, he's scored just Exceeded above his expected that, yeah. goals. Dribble success per 90 minutes. He's 14th in the league. Mm. It, on every start, he's in the top 20 in terms of what you'd want from a creative midfielder. Mm. Um, which, as a 20-year-old person who's you know had a first season really in senior professional football this year, um, and, and yeah, I say had a pretty nasty virus, and he certainly came back. And he, he was good, but he wasn't the same. You know, it, clearly his fitness had suffered. Yeah, he, he didn't quite have the for me. He didn't quite have the acceleration spark that he had previous to the, the virus. Yeah, um, I think also, um, and, and this isn't his fault, but I don't feel like we've found the right role for him yet either. I mean, you mentioned no. there, you know, we kind of, you, you kind of perceive him as a sort of second striker rather than an attacking midfielder. But, you know, he, he can't play in midfield three. He's not really a wide player at the moment. He is sort of, yeah, he, I think he has looked best up front. But then for him to feature there, we've generally had to sacrifice somebody else who's, you know, been more effective, I guess. You know, he, I don't feel like he can play... What 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 my ideal is is for him to just basically be able to play the way Duffy plays or in the same sort of position, but I don't think I've quite seen that from him. Or maybe that's not going to be his game at all, to be honest. But yeah, that's that's not really his fault. That's just you know one kind of reason I've marked him there, I guess. No, yeah, I agree. He's, he's not as he's not as neat and tidy as Duffy, and he's probably not as good at keeping the ball when we need to either. Um, as Duffy is, which you know would bring pressure on us unduly. Um, mm. Duffy is very good at that. He, he can kind of drop into the midfield free when necessary. He's never going to win the ball in a tackle, but yeah. he can press and he can keep the ball at times when we need to. And I think, again, Brooks is 20. He's got time to learn that. Yeah. And I think we do need a position for him. And actually, a, a lot of discussion I've had with a lot of fans out there is, is variety shape-wise next year. If we end yeah. up going kind of the Wilder-esque of his history, which is 4-2-3-1, or at least kind of three behind a one, um, Brooks could certainly play any of those roles there. Mm. You know, coming in off the left, coming in off the right. You don't need to be a winger to play that role. You look at kind of the, the, the top players around Europe. There is not really a winger anymore. They're all inside forwards. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that's where Brooks probably would suit really well, coming in off that touchline, roaming 
kind of free roll, really. If you just tell David Brooks to play, you're going to get the best out of him. Yeah, agreed. Cool. All right, we've got two more uh, attacking midfielders. Uh, let's let's hit these pretty quickly because they haven't played that much. Which one do you want to want to go with first? Uh, Ricky Holmes. Yep. So I've gone four out of ten for Ricky Holmes. Yeah, same here. Uh, one one sentence explanation on that. Uh, hardly any minutes whatsoever. So not through any fault of his own, but when he has played. I've seen a bit of energy, a bit of enthusiasm, but he also loses the ball a lot. Um, so that's just the reason it was for. Yeah, that's fair enough. I thought he looked really good against Wolves away in that start um, and was probably our best player in that game, which you know maybe some people will say, well, that's not exactly saying anything, but I, I genuinely think that was a very good performance from him. But his other cameos were very ineffective uh, and then he has essentially disappeared. Um, we haven't seen it for weeks. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, you know we can talk about this in more detail um, probably on a, a future podcast. But a slightly strange signing in retrospect. Thirty years old, can't even you know get any minutes at the moment. Won't be totally surprised if he you know is moved on in the summer, I guess. But yeah, I've also gone four out of ten for him, uh, and I've also gone four out of ten for Samia Carruthers as well, who um, who started the season in our starting lineup, which was a surprise to me. Um, but I thought he looked more and more kind of exposed as the weeks went on. Uh, I do like him a lot as a player, but um, I just yeah, don't, I do. I don't think he's got the talent for the championship yet. I may may develop yeah. it, but yeah, he loses it very easily. Uh, he offers very little on the ball. I think you know I, I like his direct style, but you know he was kind of just running into brick walls and getting dispossessed easily. I yeah. think so. Yeah, that's what I've gone with the floor. Yeah, I, I'd say exactly the same. Three or four would have been fine there. He is limited, but I do like some of elements of the game, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did crack it in League One one time and, yeah. and get a move to a championship club and look half decent in this league. Um, you know, for a, a smaller scale team, if you will, and that's that's not being disrespectful to anyone who would have him. But I think he'll be off to probably Oxford. Is that where Carl Robinson is? Wherever Carl Robinson yeah, Carl is, Robinson's, going. Carl Robinson's doing a tour of the lower leagues at the moment, isn't he? I didn't even know he'd left. Yeah. Uh... Charlton. Was it Charlton he was at last, or has he been somewhere else? Yeah, it was, it was Charlton because he tried to get Carruthers there and yep. the owner wouldn't sanction it. So wherever Carl Robinson is, <laughs> Samia Carruthers is going to end up. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. All right, uh, on to the strikers. So we've got one, two, three, four, four or five. I can't count. Five players left, I think. Um, yeah, let's say... We'll save... probably have to be quick on clock and sharp and kind of... Uh, sorry, on the others. bit of talking. Yeah, on the rest, let's, yeah. let's rattle through the other three then. So... Um... I've given uh, Clayton Donaldson a 5 out of 10. Um, I thought he had a great start to his Blades career uh, and, and ultimately a, you know, a decent return for very little investment. Um, you know, 50 grand I think we paid for him, but uh, I guess I kind of hoped for more. And um, and he also missed some very easy chances, you know, thinking of Brentford away particularly. Um, you know, I, I doubt he'll be here next season. He's 34 years old, but, you know, I've got, it's kind of cold, but I've got, you know, positive feelings towards him, I guess, you know, kind of thanks for the effort, really, Donaldson. I mean, you know, he's come in and done a job. He scored five goals, which is uh, no mean return, really. Um, but yeah, kind of uh, kind of used the sort of a, a physical presence, try and hold the ball up and take take pressure off us towards the end of the season. But yeah, kind of a, a decent, but sometimes ineffective striker, I think. Five out of 10 for me. Yeah, I've gone five out of 10. Um I know he's a contentious one amongst the fan base. Some just dislike him. It, it, you know, there's old donkey tag and things like that I've seen banded around. And it, it, it's slightly unfair. I mean, statistically, he does lose the ball a lot. Um, mm. But then statistically, he's one of the most fouled players in the league as well because he yeah. comes on 
into games at a time when, quite frankly, we're booting the ball up top. So, you know, he's, he's sticking his legs out to things or he's, uh, you know, he's dribbling with the ball to run it down a blind alleyway. So, naturally, he's going to lose it and he's going to get fouled a lot. Um, I, th- I think, as you said, good start and for the outlay he's had, he's, he's done the job we brought him in for. He's took minutes off the other strikers at uh, harsh times and he's played games to give the others a rest or when we've not had the numbers. But yeah. kind of the abiding memory is going to be the missed chances, isn't it? You know, especially the Cardiff game, um, the one that hit the post. Oh, I've um, actually forgotten about that. Now you mentioned. <laughs> about the yeah, I think Bugger. that's, yeah, it's, un- it's unfortunate because I like Donaldson and I think you've seen behind the scenes kind of videos of the squad and Donaldson always seems quite central to the humour. Um, mm. He's clearly a, a good guy and a good character in the leagues, despite what, again, what some fans would say. Yeah. You know, Wilder's followed him through the lower league. So it, he's clearly a good character, but he's it, it, just the, the misses and that one in particular, what that would have given us at that time. Um I know we can if, but maybe, but yeah, that, that's my abiding memory, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, well done to him and good luck to him in the future. Yeah, no, I completely echo that. Yeah, as, as a signing, it's probably like an eight or nine out of 10 signing, I think, in terms of, you know, the the amount of money he cost and, you know, he, he made an instant impact, which I, I think we needed at that time because I think I think both Clark and Sharp were out injured possibly in that sort of uh, yeah, yeah. and away period in September. Um, so yeah, great. A, a really good short-term signing, which was exactly what he was intended to be, I suppose. So, um, yeah. yeah, all the best of the future. But, yeah, I, I doubt he will be here next season, I guess. And uh, hopefully he'll be banging them in somewhere else, just not against us. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, next one, uh, James Wilson, who is on loan from Manchester United. Uh, I've given a three out of ten. Uh, he got a goal at Norwich, but um, otherwise offered very little, I think, in the games that I saw. Kind of a low-risk signing. He was a loan signing, obviously, but, you know, didn't really deliver and, you know, only played... Just played just over three full games, I think, but I, I didn't really see much from him uh, in in most of those games, to be honest. No, three, three could have been a two. Nothing against the lads, just yeah, just does just doesn't do much when he plays. Quite frankly, he's not. He's. I think when you look at his loans, his goal ratio return, apart from one maybe good season, has never been that good. And I don't think physically he can handle the championship. Yeah. Um. You know, a bit a bit more of a direct fast league, and his his style doesn't suit that. Um. I don't think there's a particularly great player there. I don't think he'd be at Man United long, put it that way. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I just, yeah. He, he's, he's done his job by buying as the win at Norwich, basically. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, amazingly, he's still only 22. Um, he seems to have been around forever. Um, so he's still, yeah. probably still be playing in uh, 10 years or so. But um, yeah, that's fair enough. All right, let's. Uh, it, it's time to uh, annoy some people, I think. Um, although, you know, maybe not. Maybe everyone who listens to this podcast will agree with me. Chet Evans, I've gone for three out of ten. What is your reaction? Two out of ten. Two out of ten, okay. This is good. This makes me feel better. So here's my my case, and then you can, well, come in even harder, I suppose. But, you know, injuries may be a factor, um, and obviously spent several years out of the game, but he just doesn't have it at championship level, um, in my opinion, and I'm pleased to hear that you share that opinion. Um you know, he looks sluggish, got a poor touch. Uh, he's been more or less completely ineffective. Yeah, he's only played 300-odd minutes, but, you know, when I've seen him, he's, he's just looked like just a waste of a shirt, basically. Like, you know, just sort of offers absolutely nothing. Um, you know, that Ipswich away game where he started uh, and you were obviously out was was kind of all I needed to see, you know, as in terms of his future with us, I think. He, he just looked completely out of place there and I was I was kind of stunned to see that some people thought he'd had a good game because I thought it was absolutely awful basically and you know looked at at best a lower league one striker um and yeah I imagine that's probably where he's gonna end up if uh 
if anyone will take him off his hands. I mean, I've, I've got nothing against Evans, obviously, but yeah, I, I I don't really know why we signed him. I kind of felt that at the time, and I've I've not seen anything this season to disprove that notion. I guess. No, couldn't agree more. Not really got much else to add other than lots of hustle and bustle, which is probably why a lot of United fans like him. You know, he'll run into people, he'll charge the ball down, puts the effort in. He clearly wants to try and make it work, but the quality is just not there. He's never really in the right position to receive the ball, you know, to create anything, doesn't win anything aerially, doesn't hold it up. Just not a championship striker, basically. He doesn't have a particular style that we need. You know, he's not a player that we need. Even if he's not contributing goals, you can get certain players... Like Donaldson, sometimes, you know, better examples out there, but who do things that contribute to that forward line, yeah. you know, battering Ram on defenders. He's none of that. So I think we need to say bye bye in the summer and, and thanks, Ched, for, for trying hard again, but good luck in the future. Yeah. So there you go. Ched Evans, worse than James Wilson. Let's tweet that one out. Come at me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> right. We have two left. Uh, you may choose which one you wish to leave till last, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to end on the best note so if we go Billy Sharp that's fair go on then so Billy you know 13 goals uh, goals per 90 joint fifth in the league uh, good, great return on that shot accuracy in terms of uh, shots on target per game 35th in the league expected goals was 10.8 so he's outperformed that that's the 11th highest overall in the league uh, 4 assists decent season basically I've gone 7 out of 10 yeah, I've also gone seven. When when you were saying that, I was uh, suddenly thinking, oh, damn, I've, I've gone too low here. So I'm, I'm quite encouraged that you've also gone for seven. Um, There's a reason. There's yeah, a go reason on. I've gone seven. Um, and that that's simply because I, I think Billy sometimes this year looks slightly better because he was he, he had a little pit patch where he scored when Clark wasn't. And uh, those were getting results and, and that kind of brought Billy back into everyone's forefront of mind that he's, you know, an integral striker for us. However, mm. overall... I still think that Billy is, is a United act to his heart. He's fantastic. I love him to bits. I never want him to leave the club. I want him to be involved forever. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think other than goals, he does provide much more. Um, in terms of that technical aspect, that creative aspect, he has got four assists, so that is good. Yeah. Um, but his expected assist was only 2.2. So, yeah, small margins, but maybe someone's scoring off of passes that aren't the best or crosses that aren't the best. But I, I think he's had a good year. He's, he's more so... With all, as with all our strikers, he's missed some chances as well at key times. Yeah. Uh, and he's had this weird patch in the last 10 games where he's not been played as much as he should have. Um, and I, you know, that, that says to me that maybe Wilder's just seen something in the way he plays that he doesn't think was going to buy us the points we needed at the time, rightly or wrongly. Um, so I, I think 7-8 would have been acceptable as well. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Uh, unbelievable start to the season for him. Uh, it's got some great, memorable goals. Um yeah, the the Derby home game uh, is one of my favourite memories of the season. Actually, was uh, him running, you know, down the pitch to score into an empty net. I mean, I know, okay, it's an empty net. It's still it's still required, still required finishing. And you know, just in terms of pure emotion, you know, that was our first kind of win over a properly established Championship team at that point, and we did completely outplay them. And you know, the sun's shining, and Captain Sharp finishes it off in front of the cop. It was it was amazing. So. Um, yeah, as you said, he hits the target at a great rate, uh, although he has also missed some relatively simple chances kind of kind of down the stretch that cost us. So again, that Brentford game, um, the Millwall game at home as well, he had a couple of sort of close-range efforts that um, I thought he was going to stick away and unfortunately didn't. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been far better than I expected overall. And yeah, I, I certainly, I, I wouldn't feel bad about bumping my seven up to an eight whatsoever. 
Um, no. All right, last one, Leon Clark. Now I'm I'm curious here because you go, mate. All right, so when I when I started to do these, um, I I kind of capped it as I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking to get ten out of ten, you need to basically have a season like Mo Salah's just had. Um, and, yeah. I, and then I thought about it some more, and Clark scored a great goal again at the weekend. And I thought, how can I not give Leon Clark a ten? This is Leon Clark is I think the third or fourth top scorer in the championship. He's got nineteen goals. Uh, he's been excellent all season. He was unbelievable during our, our hot start. Uh, he's got two goals against Wednesday. He works his backside off, which I know some people don't see, but he definitely does. He's one of the highest scorers. I love his attitude when he scores. You see him like really, you know, giving it back to the fans, and you know, the rest of the players clearly love him. And if you say he's lazy, then we just can't be friends, basically. So ten out of ten for me. <laughs> I have no argument with that um, whatsoever. I, I guess it's you know. It falls down to the best player debate, doesn't it? People say best player, Fleck, O'Connell, Baldock mm. in that, you know, because their overall contribution of what they do. But when you ask a, a player to do a job as a striker he's asked to do, has Leon Clark done that job? Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, third highest top scorer in the league, 19 goals, joint fifth goals per 90, ninth in the league in shot accuracy, uh, sixth highest expected goals in the league. He's outperformed his expected goals by seven. Um, one of the highest, you know, ratios in the league apart from Matteo Vidra. Yeah, uh, five assists as well. Good aerial, you know, dual win rate. Not the best out of all the strikers in the league, but better than our, the rest of our strikers. Good ball recovery rate, as you say. Press as well, despite what appearance some people may have. I mean, look at the assist as well. On, on you know, against the game against Bristol City, that, that's a forty-five yard left footed. That's his weaker foot. Mm. Left footed cross cross field pass. That wasn't a cross. That was a pass. Yeah, you know, he's a technically sound player. I went for nine out of ten. Um, the only reason I didn't give him ten. And I'm almost shooting myself for this. Is I believe the narrative of the big chances missed. Um, yeah, he has missed the highest amount of big chances in the league at 16. However, if you look in the Premier League, Mo Salah has missed the highest amount of big chances too. So what does that tell us? It tells us that players who get into goal, high goal-scoring positions will also miss the highest amount. Yeah, um, I think it was. Uh, well, I, I think it was Dave Bassett once said, "You've got to miss them to score them." Sometimes. This is it, yeah. As, as Gary Lineker often says, you know, I'd rather be missing them than not being there. Um, uh, I, I just think that he, as much as he's had an outstanding season, I don't want to ask any more of Leon Clark. Some of the chances he has missed have been easy enough for his quality this year, where he could have got a couple more. Yeah. Um, and I do think the way the, the games that he's missed those chances in are, have cost us slight points. That's not through his fault, costing us points, but. You know, they would have put us in the lead or 2 nil up even. Yeah. Um, and I just think for that reason, I couldn't quite stretch to 10. And also, again, I, I'm with your kind of uh, narrative on that. I think a 10 out of 10 has to be just beyond belief outstanding. And if I'm giving Jack O'Connell a 9 and Fleck a 9, I think Leon at a 9. I'm basically saying he's one of the joint best players this year. So yeah. I'm quite happy to give him 9 out of 10 on yeah. that. And I, I think that any fans saying that we need to buy strikers, uh, yes, I agree. We, we need variety. We could be we're doing with some pace, but let's not forget that his expected goals is the sixth highest in the league. So this is not by chance. This is not a person who's done this, you know, uh, pure luck. He's been in the right position more often than not. Mm. Um, and his conversion rate is fantastic. So there's no reason Leon can't, can't do this next year because his game isn't based on pace or athleticism. You know, it, it, it's now, it's been in the right position. It's been technically good at finishing, which doesn't decline with age. So, yeah. And the fact that he's outperformed his uh, expected goals by sh- so much uh, actually shows how good a finisher he is. You know that he's been 
sticking away those half chances or you know even even lower percentage chances really despite despite the misses as well so yeah I, I agree mate I, I originally had him a nine for that exact reason you know those those chances that have been missed but yeah the more I thought about it I was like I, I have to give him a 10 he's just been it's just been unreal um you know I very much kind of bought into that thinking at the start of the season of uh oh, we've got Clark and Sharp up front that's our starting center forwards this could be a slightly difficult season and then they've ended up scoring um was it 32 goals between them it's ridiculous yeah. with with uh nine assists as well lobbed in um yeah great effort and uh yeah that's it i think we've uh, i think we've hit everybody there i believe right yeah i'm just looking through so we we were pretty um we were pretty much in line on most of them i think apart from apart from you saying that chet evans is the uh the worst sheffield united player just want to just want to repeat that in case anybody's listening and uh you know wants to take that I up stand with... by it. you are you stand by it i i, I, I stand by that james <laughs> wilson scored a goal yeah so... that's true if anybody uh if anybody wants to uh discuss that with you in more detail where would they um where would they get hold of you if they want to discuss that in more detail, they can like write into you. But um, if, if they want to read anything about United-related statistics or want to ask any questions, uh, then they can get me at Blades Analytic. One thing that I'm going to do as well as uh, writing kind of an article on, on my thoughts on the end-of-season review is, is also uh, ask everyone just to shout some myths at me, basically, and do a bit of a myth-busting art- article. Mm. Um, so an example of that would be uh, we win more with Jake Wright in the team. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't. I'm saying I'm going to look at that and write a piece on it. Um, so if, if anyone does have any myth-busting things, chuck them at Bladespod or myself, and I, we can we can chuck them uh, discussion points as well on the final pod we'll do where we hand out our awards as well. Yeah, nice um, one. So, it's, yeah. it's been a it's been a been a pleasure, mate. I think I, I think you've uh, you've made some good key points there, uh, and, and maybe come across better than me. So <laughs> I won't go that far. Um, but yeah, that was good. I've been looking forward to doing that. So um, yeah, we're going to do, well, hopefully if you can spare the time, we'll do a, uh, I want to do a sort of a, a chat about the season overall, I guess, and then we'll uh, divvy out those um, those fictional awards as well, which I, I hope will be slightly more interesting than the standard uh, you know, player of the year, because we, we kind of ticked that off today. But um, yeah, hopefully if you've got some time in the next week or two, we can uh, we can get together and um, put that put that out as well. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for your time, mate. Anything else you want to uh, quickly mention before we finish off, or all good? Uh, yeah, no, I, I do need to get home, but I did just want to say one one sentence on the current situation. Okay. Um, which is for all Blades fans out there, let's not panic. Uh, let's not look at rumor and uh, and I've I've seen someone in the chippy in Sunderland um, kind of rumor mills. Let's just wait and see what's happening. Um, I would imagine that there is private conversations happening that no fan will be aware of, and that's the way it should be. Mm. Um, and as long as one man in the world is having those conversations, things could well be okay. And even if they're not okay, 11 players aren't going to get sold. This side have done well, so let's just wait and see what happens. Um, I think we all know what we want to happen, but let's not uh, shout each other down on social media or, or get in a panic. Uh, and please do celebrate a lot of these players this year because they've given us their heart and soul, basically, uh, and all the legs that they've got, which was proven by how knackered they were towards the end of the season. Yeah. So it's been a great year. Don't, don't let Wednesday fans tell you just because their last eight games, they've been good, that, uh, that we've been anything but excellent this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the season's 46 games long anyway, but I'll leave it to Wednesday fans to correct us on that one. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more. Everybody everybody, be cool about the uh, current situation uh, with United. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll smooth itself out in a few weeks or so. Um, all right. 
Cheers, Jay. Thanks very much for uh, giving up slightly more of your time than we originally intended. I do, I do appreciate it. It's all good, mate. All right. Cheers. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Cheers, mate. Take care now. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.